Welcome to the House Club Live podcast, featuring the full artist interviews from our video broadcast on YouTube. My name is Warner Case, and I host the show alongside Vin D'Amato and Nick Timko. Join us during the broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase. In chat, you can ask questions to us and our guests, talk with other house music fans, or just hang out. Until next Sunday, enjoy this interview and feel free to share it with friends. Well, we are about to bring out our guest. We're very excited to have him. Although it has been fun catching up with Vin, I think we need to move on because otherwise we're going to talk about soccer and masks and other boring shit. So uh, we are joined today by uh, somebody who was originally from Milwaukee. He's now in Los Angeles. He's a, an Icon alumnus, Icon Collective alumnus. Who's, so that's two, two weeks in a row. Look at that. Shout out Icon Collective. You should start sponsoring our show. We could use the money. Uh, without further <laughs> ado, that out. please welcome to the show... Uh, uh, yeah, right. Please welcome to the show, Clivet. Woo woo. What? We doing? Yeah. All right. All right. We got you on mute. Everything guy. seems to I, work. I, I, I yeah. went to, dude, I went to Icon. No, did oh, you really? Well, when did you go? Well, we, could, we could, yeah. Uh, I went in 2016, and last week we had okay. a buddy of mine on, uh, Cam, aka Just Because, and we, we, we went together. We met at Icon. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I went in 2016. That network is like so enormous. Like when I was there, like the like Jaws and Nightmare. Like I, me and Nightmare interned together. Okay. So I mean, I mean, it's like crazy how many talented people have come through those yeah. halls. And now that have you seen the new campus? So I, I mean, it's freaking enormous. I haven't gone yet, but it's funny that you say that. Yeah. The network, like I, I meet people just randomly, like in very odd places, uh, and just like randomly, like oh yeah, like I went to, I was in Icon, blah blah blah, like oh I know this guy. It's like the network is just kind of like also you know even like network um, icon like alum adjacent, like just like the people that like you meet um, from it is pretty valuable actually. So it was it was it's nice that uh, it worked out that way. Nice, yeah. I mean. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Orner, <laughs> How did you decide to, to, to go there, by the way? Sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off. How did you decide to go to Icon? Where did, where did you hear of it? Yeah, so I mean, this I guess this kind of like ties into like my story, right? So like I originally am from Milwaukee and when I was graduating from UW-Madison, um, University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, oh. I knew that uh, I wanted to do something in music and I was like a DJ during the time. And, and so I had these internships that were like closer, they were more business related, but they dealt with music. Like one was this, um, the largest on dig, online digital retailer of sheet music. So I interned for them for a bit. And then I was working with this, uh, manufacturers rep in the greater Chicago area. And those were like the two summers before I graduated. That second job with the manufacturer's rep, they repped a company called Sure. I was hoping to like get in with Sure after that internship. Like, like Sure. And that didn't happen. Sure, sure. With microphones, yeah. yeah. You know, like Sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Thanks yeah. for that clarification, Ben. Really yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah, sure. You got Great it. Great color commenting. And when that <laughs> didn't happen, somehow, you know, I think I was just like self teaching production. Um, and you know, they put out these tutorials and I think that's how I kind of came into the understanding of like what they do and that like these kind of production schools geared towards electronic music actually existed. And that's kind of when, you know, I didn't really have a job lined up. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. So I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I go like 
do something that I wasn't planning on? Do I just like, I had a business degree. So I was like, do I just go get a regular job and like figure that out? And the more like I kept looking at jobs, the like, I guess less like motivated I was, less happy I was like getting. I was like, man, this isn't going how I thought it was. Life's like kind of getting away from me, I felt. Sure. And so I kept working and then essentially I just had this conversation with my parents because I didn't have the money to move out there or pay for it really, at least not in full. And um, they were like, if this is what you want to do, you've been doing this like since you were 16, essentially. Started DJing around 17, started, well, I guess, yeah, since 17. So started kind of making music around on Fruity Loops around that time too. And they were like, if this is what you want to do, we'll help. And so that was kind of how I got out there. So I came to Icon in 20, I moved to LA in 2013. Okay. Right nice. after, like the summer after I'd graduated, finished that internship. And then I was wow. out because it was a nine month program then. Was it the same nine month thing when you no, were there? I think Tom? I was a, almost like a full year, right? I think I, when I went, it was yeah. like from January to December. Yeah. Which again, shows you like the growth, like they were, didn't have the resources to provide that year long thing. I mean, it's almost, it's going to be like a four year accredited college soon. But yeah, well, um, it is accredited. they did get accredited, I think. they. Right. They are yeah. accredited. Right. Yeah. But it, I mean, so it was just, it was insane because I had never, I'd been to Chicago. I've seen like that kind of a big city. I've never been to, I still haven't been to New York. So don't like shoot um, me because I know that I need to get, out, get, there get out there. We, we, we got to get you out there. You have yeah. to go. But um, yeah. So yeah. And then, you know, it was just like, I just really put my head down and, and really just like kind of went after it. And so, you know, seeing guys like Jaws and some of these people that were starting to make buzz and like the work ethic they were putting in, I think that's like one thing that really taught me was just like, holy crap, you need to put in so much time and energy into this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something we actually talked about last week with just because, um, was, you know, a lot of, a lot of what he was saying, uh, he got out of icon and this is not to disparage icon, but what he said is maybe one of the most valuable things he got was the networking was meeting people and seeing, like you were saying, their work ethic and like what it took. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I know he learned a lot there. I imagine you did as well, but I, I, I'm, I, I mind that because when I went to college, not for music, I was so inspired by the people I was around because they were all so hardworking and what they were doing was so impressive to me that let me know like, Oh, okay. I might've been impressive in high school, but that no longer cuts it here. So if I want to keep, you know, if I want to keep going, if I want to be impressive, if I want to be successful in life, it's going to take another level. I got to keep going with that. Um, yeah, do you feel, think, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was, I think that argument applies to any higher learning, right? I mean, like I, I, I certainly felt like there was parts of high school I coasted through. Oh yeah. Maybe, I coasted and, all, all yeah, through. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's like a pretentious way of me saying that I'm smart and like, but then you get to college and you see all these other people who are working so much harder than you. And like that same work ethic doesn't really work anymore. And so I think yeah. that's hundred percent. I, I think what's interesting for musicians and producers and, and, uh, creatives. And, and I would imagine for the three of us is that, um, I, I, we, I was able to work harder in music than I was in any other aspect of learning. Right. So I think when I found music and um, it was pretty early on, obviously, but it's, I didn't take it seriously until later. We have similar backgrounds, actually. And I realized that, like, OK, I'm just not going to outwork this kid next to me in this accounting class. Like, it's just not it's just not going to happen. Like, I can't. I just I'm not, it's not going to yeah. work out. And like once, you know, when we found music, it's like, oh, wow, like, OK, this is where I can finally like put my time and effort and really focus and, and, and level up. Uh, so 
which mm-hmm. is different than any other because the rewards are worth it when you when you find something you yes. love and 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 want to succeed at then it's like oh yeah of course i'm gonna put that extra hour in of work because to me the success is is worth the effort if whereas if you despised accounting and uh you know you're in an accounting class you couldn't care less of course not why would yeah. you want to work hard it's like you know you don't see it benefiting you in the right. end um you know what i it's, found uh, so interesting too is like i would like when i first moved here like any i guess when you I don't know where you guys like kind of started off your careers in music, but like when I first moved to LA, it was so interesting because I wasn't, you know, I ended up working in restaurants after Icon um, for a bit. And like I was putting out music and I had a couple of these like early commercial gigs that I was booking and I wasn't making that much money. I didn't feel like I was doing that well, even though I was like pursuing something that other friends of mine who went into kind of corporate America thought was so cool and like everyone like every every time i you know i never i always posted about like my cool music moments and anytime i would like people would react to that from home that i knew that kind of went into the corporate world they'd be like man you're killing it out in la and i'm like (laughs) yeah like i feel like this is cool stuff you know but it's like i'm like i'm struggling right now and i think that that's what's so interesting is like people at least what i've noticed in los angeles is like we're doing like things that people like I guess would want to do but maybe never had the ambition to pursue it and like even though they're doing so much more successful there's like this part of them that feels like man I I wonder if I should have pursued this a little bit and so I I get that a lot when I come home is like you guys are doing such cool things and we're just I'm just working in this accounting office still yeah well I think it depends on how you define success right and this I think about very frequently because I to, to summarize it I was, uh, I have a very, um, like academically inclined family, a lot of doctors and lawyers and things like that. And it depends on what you like, because if, if what your, if your definition of success is, you know, financial stability, uh, mm-hmm. work stability, you know, then a nine to five as a lawyer or something like that is a great way to go about it. Um, that said, if that life sounds like the most boring thing you could possibly imagine. And for me, that's the case. I, I would not be happy. And I know a lot of friends and I went to a college that funneled a lot of people into like consulting and banking and stuff like that. I have a lot of friends who have more money than I could imagine. And kind of like what you were saying, when I post that, you know, when I got to play some cool show in front of a bunch of people, it's those people who are saying like, oh, dude, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but it's just like you're saying, it's that interesting disconnect where they think, oh, well, what you're doing is better. And sometimes, usually on our harder days, maybe we think that what they're doing is better. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, the, I, I know how you feel. The, I know how you feel for what's sure. Interesting, what's yeah. interesting, what is interesting about that is I also I have a similar relationship with some of my friends back home. And, and I actually came out. So when I came out of college, I, I worked for like four years in, in uh, corporate, basically, like, uh, you know, behind a desk. And I hit a threshold and I, that's when I moved, made the switch to icon, but that threshold took me a while. And I think people have higher thresholds. <laughs> I think, I, th- I yeah. think people like can wait, like, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I really want to do this, but I'm not going to pull the trigger and make a drastic change because I still, I haven't hit that, that tipping point yet, you know? And I think for us, maybe yeah. our tipping point and our thresholds are just a little lower. And, and that's kind of why we made the switch. And as far as like the, 
like, oh, you know, you're doing like, yeah, you're killing it. Like, I get that too. Um, but like, they don't know that every time we send a mix to a friend and they send us feedback, we are like, fuck, my life sucks. You know what I mean? Excuse my language. <laughs> but like, like, you know, like Dude, that snare again. Yeah, exa- still exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you're like, stop using that. Exa- exactly. So like the nuances <laughs> and the ups and downs are lost on, on, you know, on, on people. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. completely aware of that, but it's still a real struggle out here, you know? So yeah, everybody yeah. has the pros and cons well, it's, and that opens up the whole discussion about like how we as artists make money if we make money and what it's like in the modern day i mean and i haven't yet said this on air but by the way clavette's name is jake and clavette but if i say jake you you guys uh, who are listening and watching know that i'm talking to our lovely guest here but jake i'm curious what you think about your you know our ability as musicians especially as you know, house musicians. And I say that because it's different than like a band who has to split their money four ways every time they play a show. What do you think about our current state as, you know, dance music artists and our ability to make music in this industry? Do we have places to go? Do we have things to fix? What's what's your general take on all that? You know, it's interesting because I'm like in both. I mean, you know, like, I think for an artist, your primary source of income is going to be from touring, right? And that was kind of uprooted in the last year. And so, but you know, for me, I've never been a touring artist. It, this I've had multiple different uh, projects that have been in kind of electronic music. But I mean, I've always worked in kind of the more sync and like making, creating music for certain type of visual mediums. Um, and so I've always kind of looked at that as being very promising, you know, because if you, if you think of that, like this is kind of my business theory coming in, but like typical, like if you're starting a business, B2B, business to business kind of um, transactions is going to make you way more money because there's way, th- those entities have way more money to spend. And right. so that's kind of that I would, is kind of the sync space for the music industry because you're typically working with brands or ad agencies or different kind of creative agencies who are looking for music for certain projects that they're developing for these brands. And so I've always worked in that. And so that like with this project, you know, we've been actively finding partners to help sync my music as Clavette. And, you know, I do have kind of other um, music that is in different libraries that isn't house music. It's all kind of different types of electronic music. And so I think that that's one thing that artists should really look into understanding like publishing, understanding what your master rights are, because at the end of the day, you're the only the way you're making money on your music is understanding and exploiting those rights to that music. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that was one thing that I definitely and I think that that's that maybe, you know, you're talking about what can we improve? Like, I think people getting into the space just there's got to be better information about this yeah. and i know there's a lot of great groups doing this kind of stuff but it's still it's not it doesn't feel like it's so in your face and it's not something that like you're taught in school um do you think icon did a good job of that that's what i'm interested about because when you talk about that first of all i fully agree that this is something that people need to know more about and that inherently that statement means kind of nothing because it's like, well, how do you learn about that? And so right. since until recently, there haven't been really any, you know, or at least maybe I'm unaware of them, 
there haven't been too many legitimate schools that seem appropriate and actually worthwhile monetarily for music and music business. I know a lot of schools have like music business degrees, but I think it's a waste of money for a lot of people who want to be an artist to have to go. If you go to an undergrad, you get an undergrad degree in music business. It will help you, but you're also going to make a, you're going to go in debt a lot and it's going to be tough to make that back. So Right. Did Icon help you with stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, they definitely like brought these things to my attention, but it was still more, I think, you know, I one thing that I think would have been nice was having these people from certain organizations coming in like, and being able to kind of mix with them and network with them in those spaces. Because we had a lot of artists came in, come in. We had a lot of journalists and PR people come in, um, at least when I was there. And again, this is 2013, so it was a long time ago. I, I think they've expanded that emphasis a lot. But I still think like, you know, it, it's, I feel like the music business is such a kind of, it, it, there's so much um, emphasis on your outreach, your, you know, you have to be everything, everything. As, a, yeah. as an artist in this world you have to be the, des- the graphic designer you have to be the mixing engineer you have to be the pr person you have to be all these hats right you have to wear all these hats and i think that you know maybe there's you know i don't know what the answer necessarily is like you have to be able to do your own research and be self-sufficient to find this stuff and to be ambitious enough to be like i don't care if i don't feel like i'm ready i'm gonna put myself in front of these people and tell them hey i'm here for you know, to provide value to you. Um, so I don't know if there's like an entity, you know, a certain amount of education that's going to necessarily help, you know, new, it's almost like the school of hard knocks, the music yeah. industry where you, mm. you have to get screwed so that you know that uh, that's not how you do business in this industry. And like, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's any industry where that doesn't exist, where it's like you have to kind of learn from experience a bit. And so how do we it's like this deeper under like, how do we mitigate that kind of risk when that risk is what ends up kind of creating a better understanding of the world we're kind of living in? Yeah, so that's my deep dive on that. I think you have to screw You have to screw a few things up before you get it right. Um and and I yeah. and I think and yeah. I think Warner can attest to this too. But I think in terms of contract negotiations and owning the better per- percentages and and rights to your music is something that is very hard to learn out of a book or even if someone is just like speaking to you about it. And I and I think something that Icon could have probably done a little better is 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 like what you're saying. Um, kind of bringing in a little more people from the industry to mix and and uh, mingle with us instead of just kind of like watching like an Ableton screen um, of someone's like session. Yeah. Um, and I, and, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. and I think that, you know, for us, like it's too nuanced and everybody's a little different. So like you can't, there's no boilerplate. Yes, like we all know that like the shares of the music is the same and publishing and mastering our splits. Like we know, we know the basic language of that. Um, although I will say not a lot of people, I, I won't say that for everybody, upcoming artists definitely don't. Um, they don't know what a split sheet is and, and how to divide your rights to the music and, and how to correctly be you know, compensated for that. So, um, you know, it's, it is, I, I just hope that when you get beat and if something does go wrong, it's just not too bad. You know what I mean? Like ho- ho- right. hopefully yeah. that if you do sign something that you should have signed or if something went wrong or you missed something that it doesn't lock you up too bad and that you can learn from it and, uh, you know, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, you know, get a lawyer. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can do, um, before you make bigger decisions in your career. Yeah, I, I always, so I was fortunate enough to have uh, a mentor by the name of Sean Glass, who um, 
he actually interesting story. He signed to his indie label Duke Dumont's Need You 100% and Flight Facilities Crave You. So he oh. he kind of accidentally had a huge impact on the beginning of that scene, and I luckily got introduced to him. He's a very interesting character, and if you know who I'm talking about, uh, you know why. He's a great guy, and I learned a lot from him. Anyway, one of the first things he did was say, like, look, you're going to have a million questions for me, and I'm not going to want to answer all of them because it's going to be really annoying. So you need to read this book, and then he sent me uh, how to what is it, everything you need to know yeah. about the music industry or about the music Passman. business by Donald Passman. Yeah, and now. <laughs> It's the Bible. It's called the Music Bible for a reason. And it's one of those things where if you're out there, if you're a beginning producer, even if you're not a beginning producer, get the book, read it top to bottom multiple times. Keep it next to you like a like a reference, like a textbook, like you use as a as a study point, because you know, it will give you such a phenomenal background um, and insight into most of the necessary things you need to know to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of in record deals, uh, publishing deals uh, agent, you know, working with agents and managers and things like that. Now it won't teach you everything and nothing can. I think Jake, that's kind of what you're alluding to, but you know, if you're coming in blind, which a lot of us do, cause like you're saying, many artists don't go to school for music. And I, you know, you, you're just, you just, I make music. I want to be successful at it. And that's great. But reading this book will give you a huge leg up on protecting yourself from getting taken advantage of. You still will from time of to course, time, but of course. You know, I think that helps a lot. Now, we don't have too much time before we move on to uh, the listening party section of it. But, Jake, I really wanted to ask you um, about I, I didn't know that Daft Punk apparently played its first American show in Milwaukee. Uh, how has that influenced you as being from Milwaukee? Because that's a pretty cool piece of pride, especially now that Daft Punk is allegedly over. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's they're like probably the biggest influence i mean i was like really into r&b and hip-hop uh like kind of like middle of high school and then um i got into electronic music because i listened to a live 2007 um, yeah and that was like for me too like i was always a big music person like i loved i mean like when i was younger Hopefully the FBI doesn't come for me, but like I was all over LimeWire <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, and sure. like, you know, I'd go like my dad would like mention a, an artist that he listened to when I, he was younger and I would go look up their entire discography. And but that so I always had music in my life. But that I mean, when, when I first discovered Daft Punk kind of in that context, that was when I was like, I need to know how this is made. Yeah, I need to know how they perform it, and I need to now. I, I it's just like it was like the calling for from you know wherever saying you need to be a musician now, and me kind of answering that call. So it was huge. I mean, that venue I don't think long no longer exists, and I think that like that's why I will always have this um, reverie for Milwaukee because it's like kind of the early. You know, I played like shows at the rave um, as like, you know, bringer shows when I was first starting out as like a DJ and like getting uh, to understand that world. And like, you know, it was it's it's a I love that city so much. I, you know, I don't think I could ever live there again. Obviously, a lot of my family still lives there. So I love coming home. But it's just got it's just got a cool vibe. And like having that little factoid about Daft Punk just feels kind of like. I don't know. Part of like the calling, I guess, for me to kind of like, <laughs> sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of 2007 basically to me represented a paradigm shift in music because even though electronic music had been around in many different forms for a long time, I do think that a lot of 2007 basically showed the world like 
nope, this is a whole separate thing. It's a whole different way to do, to make, to perform music. Um, so shout out Daft Punk. You guys will go down in history as the most, probably, the, if, if not, oh yeah, I'd say the most uh, influential electronic act of we all talk time. About him every but week. We'll see if anybody yeah. else takes that crown. But let's move on uh, to the listening party section. And by the way... Uh, Thanks for listening to this interview from House Club Live. Join us during the live stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase to add your input to the conversation, ask questions to us and our guests, or just hang out. Thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to the show or to the podcast, or both. See you next week.